So do you want to know why Alcatraz is a snake? Because he relegated me from doing the introduction. Says, oh, he's going to do the introduction. Pulls out his phone and starts reading from his phone. So obviously that's something you guys won't be able to see. Listen, there's going to be a camera soon. So there's going to be video footage of everything. Like right now, you want me to tell them that you're naked in the delivery room? Like, my bro, my bro. Like, you just got on boxer shorts. Like, I feel very uncomfortable. This is an uncomfortable work environment. What's going on, people? And welcome back to the Top Bins pod. Top talking points, top analysis and top goals from the Premier League. Do you know what that is? That's Top Bins. That is indeed. I am your host, Spaney. Today, joined by my co-host, Uncle Tass. Yeah. Uncle Tass, what's good? Yeah, I kind of asked you a question there. Yeah, um, I'm good, you know. <laughs> good man. How's the week been? As you know, it's been a bit mad, but you know, no tears for that. So, how's your week been? <laughs> My week's been alright. It's been alright. I can't really complain. You know, Christmas and that. Christmas, Boxing Day. You know, time for the family and time to chill. And yeah, man, just just grateful for life, man. You know, this year's been obviously very crazy. Um, so yeah, just took just took Christmas Day and and that should just show my gratitude just towards life and you know, really just honing my thoughts and Amen. start to think about next year. You know, Amen, Amen. Some big year for yeah, you. Man. Boy, hopefully, hopefully, for all of us, man. That's 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 the thing. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we all, all of our stuff take off, and hopefully the top bins pod takes off as well. Because you know we're trying to keep this content consistent. We're trying to keep it out there. We want the people to, you know, feel part of the community, the top bins community, in it. Definitely. But hey, alas, here we are. Without further ado, what are we telling them for this week? Make sure you rate, view, and subscribe to the Top Bins Pod and tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's get the Top Bins Pod community out there. Exactly. Well, let's get the show kicked off for this week, people. As always, we've got a few top talking points from this week. We'll go through the fixtures. There were quite a lot of fixtures on Saturday. Obviously, Boxing Day, traditionally a, a fixture heavy day. And obviously, three fixtures from today, Sunday. Um, then we're going to obviously top bins, goal of the week, fantasy football predictions league, listeners' questions, of, of which I think there's one this week, Spanish trivia during the discussion. So, let's get into it. Uncle Tess, what are we telling them talking points? What we got? I think the main talking point is really coronavirus. I think there's been a couple of instances where it's actually affected the Premier League games this week. So we saw Fulham's manager, Scott Parker, not able to go to the game because he was dealing with the effects of, or he come into close contact with someone Um Either way, he wasn't clear to go to the game. So you saw his number twos off the bench managing the game. But in addition to that, Newcastle have been without Alan St. Maxim and Jamal Lascelles dealing with longer term effects of COVID. So it's still a big deal. Um, tier four as well with Boris. We've seen, I think it's Brighton and Southampton two of the clubs who were allowed to have fans into stadiums again, they have now had to revert back to no fans in the stadium. So at present, there are only two clubs in the Premier League who are allowed to have fans 
at the moment and do you know which clubs they are? Come on, man. It's the, the agenda to get Liverpool to win the league, man. I don't believe really it's, 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 they're not even trying to suck. They're not even being subtle about it anymore. It's, it's just blatant. Listen, come on. The only two clubs in the whole flipping country that are allowed to have fans, Liverpool and Everton, behave, man. It's because, and, oh my, it's because the people it's because of Liverpool what? look after themselves and follow the rules. Is it now? You sound like you flipping lived there, mate. No, no, no. But I thought, I, I, you know what? Never mind. No, there's a, there's a fun on agenda, man. I feel like there's no coincidence that they're the two teams at the top of the league right now. They know what they're doing, man. <laughs> but, you know, in, in addition to that, there's another couple big, I'd say, contractions of the virus at City. So, Gabby Jesus and Carl Walker as well contracted the virus. So, or tested positive rather and can't really say they contracted it but um, they also missed out on the games this weekend so it's still running rampant again the new strain we don't really know much about it at present but we're hoping it doesn't affect the game too much because I mean since Project Restart it's been one of the best things having football consistently again I think it would kill off a lot of people not having some form of elite level football to be able to take us through these dark days. Facts, facts, facts. But that was it from the talking points. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know. No, fair. Well, thank you very much. That was... Uh... I, th- I think it's one of those ones where we don't want to bore the people just continuously talking about like COVID or or um, or whatnot. Do you get what I mean? So yeah, I think we'll, we'll we'll leave it there for now. And as always, people, we will keep on top of the top talking points and share our thoughts and opinions on it on every week's episode. Right. Without much further ado, let's get into the game. So obviously, like I said, we had about. It was seven games yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, and three games today. Uh, first game of the day today, but that's not a hit or there. Oh yeah, there was four games today. Sorry, you're right. So six games yesterday and four games today. Um, obviously, starting with my boys away to Leicester. I think going coming in on a on a good run of form, we've been um, obviously getting a good few points uh, undefeated in the league in some time now since the Arsenal loss. So looking good, particularly away as well. I think we um, we actually um, we've actually won every away game this season so far. Um, so you thought to yourself, getting into this game, bit of a bit of a chance there, probably Bookie's favourites. Um, I think we said on the pod last week though, however, Leicester obviously the type of team that probably like to sit back a bit more and counter-attack. So could United or would we be able to kind of break that down? Um and we saw it. I mean, there was chances early on. Rashford had a glaring miss. Bruno Fernandes putting a lovely ball in from a first-time cross. Um, and Rashford heading it over. You're thinking to yourself, any top striker really should be finishing it so it was a little bit disappointing that he didn't but he made amends and managed to break the deadlock um, in the first half um, it, it was the interesting thing about this is a bit of a it was actually a bit of sloppy play to be honest because I think it was Lindelof who was playing right back to begin with he tries to play, play a pass into uh, Daniel James that pass was a bit I think he scuffed that pass a little bit Daniel James then takes control of the ball tries to play a left footed ball inwards to Bruno Fernandes that pass was a little bit too far ahead of Fernandes that all Fernandes could do is kind of like stick a foot out to it and try and get a touch on it and to, to, to credit him he got a, I mean I wouldn't say brilliant touch because obviously the circumstances but it obviously ended up being an assist and Rashford buried this one and actually um, 
with, with a very good finish. But then I can't lie, Harvey Barnes, danger man for Leicester, brilliant strike, equalised. Um, and you're thinking, ah, oh, here we go. And I think the, the, the positive from that first half was the fact that we went 1-0 up because... Uh, an interesting fact is in all of our away games this season despite the fact we've won we had won all of them up until this point we'd actually gone behind in every single one as well so the fact that we were actually able to go 1-0 up in this game I'm thinking alright cool and then it took a kind of stroke of brilliance for them to equalise um, but obviously going 1-1 at half time thinking can we come out and do more of the same um, He um, Oli brings on Pogba um and as soon as he comes on to me, he actually, he actually does change the game a bit. Um, I think we get in behind Leicester, um, we get in behind Leicester twice. Um, I think Rashford had one chance that he, he, I mean, he kind of hit straight at outstretched Schmeichel hand. Again, kind of showing that, <laughs> is he, is he really, can he really be our number nine type of situation? But that's neither here nor there. Martial on the other hand, he, I mean, I say on the other hand, on the same hand, I don't think Martial even showed himself that he could be our number nine. I think both of those players need to kind of be wide players. And then Cavani coming on as well made a difference um, in the game. And obviously he set up the second goal. Um, and again, brilliant finish from, from Fernandez. So I think from our perspective, um, <laughs> I mean to go away with, with a two-two draw against Leicester is not it's it's not too bad. Do you get what I mean? But I feel like we could potentially have won it. Obviously, um, Leicester equalised from a, I, I believe it was a Tanzanian goal. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, Leicester equalised from a Tanzanian goal like with five minutes to go or so, which is only obviously because we scored the our second. We were about ten minutes ago, so you're thinking, all right, can we hold it out? But we weren't able to. But I mean, hey, overall thoughts on the game. I think. I think I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Uh, I'm slightly disappointed at our at our strikers because there were a few opportunities that they had there to kind of put the game away or, or take the game away from Leicester a bit more. Didn't take them, so we end, we end up obviously sharing the points. But hey, you can't win them all. Uh, we've been in a good run of form at the moment, so I'm, I'm happy about that. Still undefeated in the league in a few games now. So let me let me let me just hold this hold this draw and and we move on to the next game. Yeah, I think it's not the worst result in the world. Sorry, I meant it's not the worst result in the world. Yeah, no, it's not at all. So, yeah, even Stevens. Um, next game, we had Aston Villa, Crystal Palace. Aston Villa with a convincing win at home there, three 0 despite going ten going down to ten men in the in the first half. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken. But what, what did you take away from the game? Yeah, so I think Aston Villa have finally reached a groove where they actually play well against perceived small opposition. So before, I think earlier in the season, I was saying that they are quite. Um, I don't want to say giant killers, but they perform well when they were having to play on the break. Whereas in this game, Crystal Palace were sitting back a bit more. They had to break them down, but they did that quite well. They got the early goal. And then, as you alluded to, Mings got sent off in the first half. And it was a bit of silliness, to be honest. He got into handbags with Zaha. They both ended up getting yellow cards. Then not too long after that, Zaha got the ball one-on-one with Mings, turned him, Mings fouls him again needlessly, especially after the handbags what, about five minutes earlier. Referee rightly sent him on his way. So from there, you thought, based on Crystal Palace having played against a 10-man team against West Brom, I think a couple of games ago, and ending up, was it 5-0, 5-1? 
Taiwan or something, yeah. You thought that they might be able to play well against this Villa's team and break them down and get an equalising goal and then move on there from there and get a winner. But Villa stuck in, they stuck it out. They were able to get two more goals, again, on the break. So they were defending quite well, um, picking them Crystal Palace apart. And yeah, they ran out 3-0 winners. Indeed, indeed. Calm. Fulham Southampton. Nil nil draw. Um, I think this is Fulham's third draw in a row now or something, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Southampton kind of showing that they're missing or they are missing Danny Ings. I think maybe a few of the players might be getting a bit tired out there. Um, Sheridan's obviously... Your boy. Uh, I think this... I mean, he is my boy, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think he, he might just be getting a little bit tired now trying to... Because he's played a lot of football and I think even in commentary they were saying that this is his... his uh, biggest run of games if you like um, so far I haven't played I think pretty much every game of the season if I'm not mistaken um, but I think Fulham Fulham looked very good and I think we've been saying ever since um, ever since the game against your boys that they, they, they're starting to well Scott Parker despite not being at the game Scott Parker seems like he's getting something he's getting more from the team now uh, particularly by the looks of it home performances they look like they're playing very good football there were a couple of times where they they played out from the back were beating the Southampton press uh, and just looked like a great team going forward kind of similar to what we've been seeing from the likes of kind of Brighton this season and, and West Brom in certain spells Fulham are now starting to kind of come into form and come in and, and put in some good performances and uh, against Southampton they look good and they had a few chances out there um, that they um, would potentially um kind of uh, potentially um, why can't I think of any words to say right now but well, they'll be disappointed in having missed. should I say there was an early penalty claim um, I think there was a um, against Bednarak early early doors but that wasn't that wasn't given um, and a lot of the play from Fulham was going down the left hand side uh, Robinson their new, well, I think they signed him this season yeah, right from did. some championship team. yeah yeah, I mean, he looks very good down that left-hand side, putting a number of crosses, looks very good and was was definitely the most dangerous, their most dangerous player, particularly in the first half. Um, the best chance they fell to Anguisa, who, um, again, I think from fluffed Robinson, cut the ball back to him and he completely fluffed his lines. Uh, fresh air, complete fresh air shot. Um, but then having said that, uh, Southampton also had a pretty decent chance. James Ward-Prowse, the dead bull specialist. Oh my days. There's very few better than him in, in the world right now, to be honest. And he put, he put another fantastic free kick um, that um, Ariola just managed to get saved to. One of those ones where he tipped it onto the post. It came against, came off the post uh, to the back of his hand, back off the post and then bounced towards Shea Adams. But, Unfortunately, the bounce was just a little bit too unkind to him. The bounce took it away from him, so he couldn't get the, the kind of needed touch on it just to tap it into the back of the net. Um, so that was a bit unfortunate. Um, and then even in the second half, again, there were some good chances for Fulham. Caviero had a good one again from a Robinson cross. Um, and there was a bit of drama in the second half, more VAR controversy. Um, okay, not really controversy, but um, there was an incident where a ball went over the top, or a diagonal ball went over to Ryan Bertrand on the left-hand side who put a first-time volleyed uh, cross in and it came off, I think it was Ayana's arm. Um, so there was a little bit of kind of contentiousness or controversy there in terms of, oh, is it a penalty? Is it not a penalty? I think in the earlier days of the Premier League that would have 100% been given, but this one wasn't. Um, and then Walcott, went on to score but it got ruled offside and I think even uh, 
Shane Long also scored and he got ruled offside. So one of those ones where, again, typical game of football where on any other given day, the, the, the coin could have landed on, on either either side. This one just landed completely on its side and it ended up, again, even Stevens. This one, nil-nil. But like I said, put comp- positives to take away from Fulham. Fulham have been playing some good football recently, in the, particularly in the last three games. And uh, I, I hope that they can kick on and, and start moving or at least start trying to make ground between them and, and the bottom three. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you summed it up pretty well there. Like, there were chances to win for Southampton on another day. They ran out one or two no winners. But Fulham, to their credit... Deserve the draw at the end of the day. Mm. Indeed. Right. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but rah, Arsenal won a game of football. And, <laughs> <laughs> and they beat Chelsea. So it's all it's all a bit mad. This I mean, I think we you can clearly see already this weekend was a bit mad. None of the teams at the top of the table, other than Everton, maybe actually wanted to 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 stake a claim this week and say, you know what, I'm going to go for it this week. And we, we actually want to win the league because everybody was just on a mad thing this weekend. And Chelsea were definitely on a mad thing. I remember seeing the starting lineup and I was thinking, I think I said, I said, I even said it to one of my boys, I said, Arteta wants to get sacked. He doesn't want this job. And obviously this was before I found out about, um, the kind of Brazilian trio um, yeah. all coming down with COVID or, that, or um, that sorry that was something I forgot to mention in the news as well that was obviously a big part of the weekend as well but it worked out for Arsenal indeed I think you had kind of players like uh, Pablo Mari coming in and making a de- making his debut and although his individual performance I think he would want to probably forget about in my opinion anyway uh, yeah, people like Smith Rowe come in um, and Martinelli started as well for the first time in, in a while. So um, interesting starting lineup. Obviously, it then transpired that it was due to the fact that three of their players had COVID or whatnot and so couldn't um, couldn't play. Um, but I, even having a look at it, I thought to myself, right, this this is definitely Chelsea's game. To, like This is Chelsea's game to lose type of thing. I couldn't see a way that Arsenal were going to win this game, even from before that anyway, because given how we've been seeing... Arsenal play in recent times I thought there's no chance that Arsenal are going to win this game of football I mean it did take uh, I mean it's something I've been criticising them about this season it, it, it's their lack of goals from open play um, obviously the first goals what penalty that Lacazette scored and then the Xhaka free kick which came out of absolutely nowhere I did not know he had that in his locker let me not lie to you but it took those two again from set pieces to, to kind of um, break the deadlock and for them to go 2-0 no up and then even their last goal the Saka goal Saka is trying to claim he meant it there's no chance he meant that whatsoever absolutely no chance you can just tell from his body language after the ball leaves his foot right as the ball leaves his foot he's kind of um, he's kind of he's slowing down his run and, and kind of just like letting momentum take him and that's the body language of somebody who who's crossed didn't come off basically do you get what I mean and it just so happened to hit the back post and then go in and then he's trying to celebrate and claim it and I don't know if you saw the footage afterwards but Tammy Abraham was not impressed with him trying to claim that he meant it but uh, I'm not buying that I want more honesty in football and I'm disgusted Saka that you're trying to claim that you uh that you meant that but hey nonetheless Arsenal Laka Xhaka and Saka put them 3-0 up so fair play to them um but I mean the, uh, 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 did you see the penalty incident to begin with though yeah 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 <laughs> did, did you think that was a penalty 
No, I'll be honest. I didn't. Yeah, no, nah, neither did I. So I think it's an interesting one because, again, with VAR, it's like, oh, is it clear and obvious and this and but there are incidents where you've seen the other hand and and it, it just doesn't make any sense. So I saw that and I think Gary Neville even said in the commentary was like, there's no way this is a penalty, and I agreed with him. And but then uh, I can't remember who the co-commentator was, um, but I said, oh, but is it clear and obvious so that they, to the point that they're going to overturn it? But I think with VAR, it's just a bit, I don't know, man, because I think the point is, it's like. I guess it if it comes from like I don't know. Um, let's say I don't know. I, 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 well, to me, I get it when there's certain instances, right? But if something isn't a penalty, and then you look at it and you're saying, okay, but in real time, it's not clear and obvious that it's not a penalty. I think that's a bit harsh to Chelsea in that in that in that respect. But hey, it's VAR, and I feel like this is obviously a conversation that we could end up having every single week if we let every single VAR this every single VAR incident, um, uh, or if we talk about every single VAR incident. But um, I mean, Chelsea had a few chances they could have gone one 0 up with a um, Mason Mount free kick that hit the or kissed the outskirts of the post. So quite unfortunate there. Um, uh, I don't know, but then Tammy Abraham did get one back for them, kind of late on in the game. Um, I mean, did well enough to adjust his body to get to get the finish off from his chest. Jorginho missing a penalty with a terrible. I, I mean, I hate the run up personally, and it just looks so much worse when you miss. So that I don't know what he was doing, but credit to Leno, obviously getting a save on it and not falling for the for, for the little jump that you've been advocating against. Um, but yeah, I mean. Fair play to Arsenal. Let me let me credit where credit's due. They they regardless of how the goals went in, they scored three goals. They beat Chelsea, and I mean, Chelsea is just in a very interesting position because it's like, I think we we agreed at the start of the season that it, they were going to take some time to for their new signings to to gel and warm up. They did take some time for the new signings to gel and warm up, but then they started to go on a run of run of form, particularly when Mendy came in, and now it kind of appears that like they've kind of reached an equilibrium where they're kind of balanced back out a bit now but it's like Frank Lampard could be in for an interesting season if he doesn't uh, kind of kind of find that form yeah (laughs) he could be in for an interesting season but we shall see yeah and I think special shout out to Emil Smith-Rowe and Gabriel Martinelli I think that injection of youth and they haven't really been part of the Arsenal fold much in the Premier League anyway this season so they almost didn't have that stink on them so they were able to Mm. play with freedom (laughs) and you know they, they, they returned I don't want to say faith because it's almost like they were thrust into the lineup out of need but hopefully Arteta can see now okay I need these guys let's start dripping feeding them more going forward rather than relying on Willian and the rest indeed indeed that man said stink you know that's hilarious and then uh, Man City at the Etihad hosting Newcastle going out 2-0 winners here um, I mean I'd say generally speaking Man City again another team that have had a had an interesting season obviously slightly late same, same as us um, opening game of the season they played well against Wolves I believe it was and then straight after that it's kind of like okay just mediocre lackluster performances from there couple of results in recent history that are like okay yeah cool City are back and then again this I think this performance despite obviously winning 2-0 this performance itself has kind of been 
typical of what we've seen from City this season where it is kind of a bit lacklustre. They are they are missing that cutting edge and just that that ability to just just pick teams apart like they used to be able to. Um obviously went one and what through Gundogan, um, set up by Raheem Sterling, who for some reason Newcastle just afforded them, afforded him all the time in the world. Don't know what was going on there with their defense, but everybody wanted to kind of it, it almost seemed like everybody was more preoccupied with defending the the goal line than actually getting the ball off Sterling. Um and that that they ended up being punished for it Sterling obviously cut the ball back to Gundogan Gundogan with a nice little tidy finish kind of a Gundogan-esque finish if you like I I, I think you'd understand what I mean by that because Gundogan seems to have a a specific signature kind of finish in his uh, in his in his locker uh, and that was it Um, KDB had a big chance to put them 2-0 up um, but blundered his lines uh, forced a great save from from Cardalo and then in the second half I think Ferran Torres gets the Gets the gets the second goal to put two up, but then Sterling doing what Sterling does at times, missing a quite what appears to be a very simple goal line uh, tapping. Um, he let it hit his standing leg and then he got away from him. But I think overall, uh, I think it's one of those ones where City can't be mad because they won two 0 right? Kept a clean sheet, scored two goals, and they got the three points that they needed. But I think just from a performance wise, I think Pep might be looking at that and again just say, excuse me. Again, I might just be saying, well, the performances can be better because they do, especially as we've been saying, without kind of, and I know Aguero came on, but without the kind of, um, without, um, they clearly miss Aguero, basically. Um, and funny enough, his first touch actually could have been a goal, but again, first a very good save from, from Carl Darlow. But overall, look, City got the three points. You're not going to win every game pretty not every game this season has been pretty, but as long as they're getting the results, what does it really matter, Ray? Um, but you'd think from a city standpoint, you would want to get back to kind of dispatching teams just so you could, just so you can kind of put a little bit more, um, or, or, or kind of, if it's possible right now, to put a little bit of fear into Liverpool, into your boys, just to kind of say, look, we are here. We're not going to fall off again type of thing. We're going we're gonna to do something similar to what we did two seasons ago where we had to win 14 games in a row to win the league. Do you get what I mean? But that doesn't seem to happen right now. And I think Pep would need to get to that if he's got any chance of... Any chance of uh, of uh, making a challenge for the for the title this season. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be tough for them this season because I think, like you say, the performances don't look as good. But I'm wondering now, over the past seasons, have Aguero's goals just been papering over the cracks? The same way we saw with Aubameyang, as soon as the goals dried up, Arsenal look like they stink. Is it the mm. case of City without Aguero's goals are just... Yeah, uh, uh, just a team <laughs> yeah. for no reason. Just a but, shell of the former pet philosophy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't honestly don't have the answer. But it's just interesting. I would like to see him get back to full fitness and see if that helps them rediscover their form, or they'll still just be leggy. Because a lot of the time they just look a bit leggy, like they're trying to slide past teams rather than blow them away like usual. But yeah, we shall see as the season progresses. We shall indeed. We shall indeed. And then final game of 
Saturday. Yep. Sheffield United nil, Everton won. What are your thoughts? So I think if I was a better man, I'd have definitely bet on Sheffield United to lose, or at least not to win the game. <laughs> Because as they prove yeah. it, they can't win a game for anyone. Um, uh, I think I saw odds, like, I think it's been like a sponsored post or whatever, but it's like 50 to 1 for Sheffield United not to win a game this season. Bro, <laughs> that's that actually quite a short bet is rude. <laughs> like, bro. <laughs> But, uh, oh my it wasn't even the best game of football to be honest like it was mm. wet and it wasn't really good quality on show I think Everton played down to their level rather than raising the bar and I, I get yeah. it. it's tough like Sheffield United want to make a fight out of the game they want it to be like a dog fight so that they can have a chance of winning the match but in the end Although it was a bit lucky, Everton were able to get a breakthrough towards the end through Gilfie Sigurdsson. And it was mainly just, I guess, Sheffield United legs tiring at the time. They couldn't clear the ball properly. It then fell to Decore in the box, I believe, and he laid off to Sigurdsson, who smashed it home. But outside of that... Everton had the better chances like Calvert-Lewin I wouldn't say he was inspired form but what I really like about him this season is that he's fashioning his own chances like yeah. he put, putting, his, putting himself about and making things happen for himself with or without the help of others and it's it's a real bonus for Everton that they can count on him up front to not only hold up the ball but create for himself like I think yeah. a lot of lone strikers suffer when there's no supply coming to them but with him <laughs> he just does what he wants it seems <laughs> but um, on a whole yeah Everton deserved to win Sheffield United they're just failing to inspire at the moment like I know with West Brom which we'll come on to and even when they're playing under Billich you could see certain things and you could say okay maybe they're a bit unlucky maybe they didn't have a bit of quality but there was something to sort of look at and grasp onto and say okay maybe if we do this this and this it can all fall into place with Sheffield United I have no idea what they need to do because they just a shell of their former selves like yeah it's just they're, they're just lost they're just lost out there on the field I don't think Chris Wilder is the guy to inspire them and it's harsh because he's the guy that brought them to the Premier League they finished what ninth, I think in the end eighth, ninth. yeah so they had an amazing season but has he taken them as far as he can like do they need to reinvent themselves similar to how Nuno almost is trying to reinvent Wolves now because he feels like he's taken them as far as he can under that whole 352 that old way now it's like okay how can we change to get to the next level do Sheffield United need to do that probably I think yeah 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 man I mean by Sheffield United I don't know what's going to happen with them, boy. I mean, I think no relegation. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it would take a next level miracle for them to stay up. But hey, I think we can all confirm that that's not going to happen. Ah, uh, well, all right. Talk me through the first game of today, Leeds Burnley. Yeah, so I mean, it was. A game of two halves. Like, if there was ever a game of two halves, it was this. Because Leeds started fast. Like, they got an early goal. 
penalty again I personally don't see it as a penalty with Bamford in my team I'm happy it was a penalty so <laughs> can't really complain about that but yeah he tried to hey, how huh? could you uh, huh? how could you say that wasn't a penalty no no he tried to round Pope but he Pope looked like he got a touch on the, touch on the ball so to me I, I, I thought it was harsh Mm. Like that, that That's my only thing Like if you rounded him Cleanly And Pope didn't get A touch on the ball And I'm like yeah Clear penalty But it's like Because Pope got A little touch on the ball It's like well I've come out Made a tackle Got a touch on the ball And then got the man But it's not like The man clearly Rounded him mm. but, that's it. Maybe I didn't see The touch then Sorry I said maybe I didn't see the touch of the ball that he got but yeah I mean it was an excellent penalty from Bamford no he did nothing absolutely ridiculous yeah ridiculous yeah. top draw top bins top bins indeed but yeah Leeds played well like the first half like they were making chances Rafinha again looking good Rodrigo looking sharp Bamford looking good making runs they, they, they were playing that free flowing football that we're used to seeing and that they played mm-hmm. against United and got picked apart and mm-hmm. the second half it was almost well I guess the first half was the best of Leeds United the second half was the worst of Leeds United because they couldn't get anything going and Burnley fought as I don't want to say bad as they look but for as bad as they are as a team in terms of attacking impotence they were able to fashion a couple of good chances they just weren't able to put them away and another day Mm. they could have snuck a draw they could have snuck a 2-1 win but Leeds still have things to figure out like Yes, they're making a load of chances, but they need to work on clinicalness because they got away with it today. They're happy. Three points, one no win, job done. But on another day, they could easily have dropped two points or dropped all three points. Like they just need to work on their clinicalness. And it's not really Bamford, I'd say. It's everyone else. It's a supporting cast because Bamford's out to 10 goal Premier League goals. Like he's doing his job. He is indeed. He is indeed. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, Leeds United. Boy, I think we can come to be say they're gonna stay up, but I, I hope they're not I hope they're not in the uh, in that in that fight. I hope they come to be say up. I hope they come to be say up. Yeah, I mean they're, they're, but, they're yeah. like nine points clear at the moment after today's win, so mm. they they've got a bit of breathing room. But yeah. It's one of those where a couple of losses in a row and then you start sliding. But I mean, beating Burnley today was really good because obviously Burnley are one of the teams there down below. Indeed. Good result. Good result. Cool. And now onto a hat trick of jaws. Um, excuse me. Starting with West Ham. Brighton. As in, that's why you meant to tell me what you thought of the West Ham Brighton game. <laughs> yeah. So, 
I'd say for the West Ham Brighton game, it was a case of Moyes being Moyes. Like, I know we've given him a lot of praise. I mean, initially it was praise for Craig Shakespeare. Then it became praise for David Moyes because he came back and West Ham was still looking good. But now I think they've reached a stage where they just are reminding me of the old West Ham. Yes, a couple of games haven't really gone their way. Like, the Chelsea game didn't really play as bad as the scoreline would let you believe, but they still came out on the end with a loss. And today you thought, okay, a get-right game against a team who aren't necessarily playing the best at the moment in Brighton, let's just put our best attacking players on the pitch and just try and beat them. But instead, Moyes set up sort of true to form and set up to not lose and it almost backfired on him because he went with like a back five and yeah Brighton who play really really good football who like we say just dominated them for most of the first half and they were a bit fortunate like they got a goal in the stroke of half time through Malpe a bit of um, luck in the box eventually the ball fell to Malpe and he put it home but they deserved the one no lead and West Ham looked lost out there and I think it, you know you know when like a manager changes the shape or changes the formation the players sort of give their feedback it, by way of the performance and it kind of felt like they didn't agree with it like they, they were like come on like, it's Brighton like why are you playing five at the back let's just go out there and play them properly mm. and he made the changes at half time and I wouldn't say it was a complete turnaround but they did look a little bit better and they were able to get an equalising goal and on the balance of play at that time were looking like they were in descendancy like I thought okay they're going to go on here to win 2-1 and Brighton are going to feel hard done by because they should have finished the game off in the first half on the other chance but to their credit Brighton came back again when you're down below when you're fighting for relegation you need a bit of luck and they got that little bit of luck today when Dunk got the goal I think there were I guess shouts for handball yeah it, it was it would have been harsh if it was given so I'm glad it wasn't given but he got it he got his goal 2-1 and you thought okay yeah maybe they can hang on here and West Ham are really going to have to buck up their ideas but they're, they're a tough team to beat West Ham simply because their whole game is predicated around set pieces and I think you've alluded to it before where Thomas Salchek is David Moyes' new Fellaini and he popped up with a late goal header from a corner poor defender from Brighton I think um, Brighton have conceded the most goals from set pieces and um, Graham Potter made a couple of changes to try and counteract that. A couple more taller players on the pitch still didn't work. Sushek just ghosted in, headed home 2 2. A game that West Ham really would have liked to have won. Like, if you looked at the fixture list at the start of the season, they would have said, yeah, that's three points there. But on the balance of how the game went, it's a point gained for West Ham and two points shot for Brighton. Yeah. I'd agree. I'd agree. And so if you could uh, swiftly take us into your boys, 
What happened today? How come you only got the draw? You know what it is? It's one of those where it's just omens. Like, when I say that, like, obviously, there was the whole fanfare that the last manager to beat Klopp at Anfield was Big Sam when he brought Crystal Palace there. So it's like, oh, Big Sam's first away game. I'm sorry, was his first away game? Yeah, his first away game um, at Anfield. Obviously, 66 games unbeaten. It's going to be, isn't it? But we sort of <laughs> quashed those worries straight away where we just dominated them, pinned them back. Like, they didn't really get a sniff on the ball. Um, it was a matter of time for me, like, the way the game was going. And eventually, we got the breakthrough through Mane. Excellent goal. Took it down lovely and then smashed it home. From there, a couple of players were playing really good. Like Robertson was really on form, putting in good balls. Trent started putting in good balls, but we just couldn't get on the end of it. We couldn't get a second goal. And to be honest, we, we were unlucky to go in at 1-0. Like we could have been more, but on the balance of play, West Brom defended well. And the problem when you're playing with a team like West Brom is that all they want to do is if they concede they're not going to concede again and try and go up the other end. Like, they know in their heart of hearts they're probably going to concede at some point. But once that one goes in, that's it. Shalom shot. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's annoying because we fell into the trap where we sort of took our foot off the gas in the second half. Like, I think the Matip injury didn't help. Like, again, non-contact groin that guy's made of glass and I'm so thankful that January's around the corner I really need to see a signed centre back heck please I'm on my knees I'm begging but yeah um, when Matic went down we brought on Reese Williams and to be fair he wasn't bad he didn't like it, none of the like bad play was his fault but like Curtis Jones um, dwelling on the ball eventually um, Reese Williams has to put out for a corner from the resulting corner one of the few chances West Brom made in the game Ajay he played quite well got a header great header bounced off the post curled into the net and 1-1 and if you don't take your chances in this league you get punished but to be fair to West Brom Sam Johnston put the cherry on top with an excellent save up the other end like um, I think Trent whipped in the ball Firmino headed it across goal thought it was going to get another winner but Sam Johnson fingertip says put it past the post and my guy it's it's not really a result that's going to change the landscape of the title like this isn't where the title is going to be decided but it's just annoying that in a week where all your ops fell like you could have put a real bit of daylight in your title challenge but yeah. instead you decide to, to have it off day but I mean <laughs> that's wrong with the Christmas period like the games are coming thick and fast so hopefully there's a few more slip ups elsewhere but yeah it's just one of those off days like they come around also often they do indeed they do indeed well thanks for that honest assessment of uh, of your boys performance And if you could take us into the final 
game so far of this game week, or actually the final game of the game week, um, Wolves versus Spurs, 1-1. Yeah, I mean, if you could clip my feedback from the Tottenham Crystal Palace game and insert it here, thanks. Because, I mean, it was pretty much the exact same formula. Like, they got an early goal, like a very, very early goal, like 57 seconds. Man like Tange. Hey, my guy, Tange Endombele. He's actually turning 24 tomorrow. Like, that's nuts. But he got the goal, put them 1-0 up, and it was a pretty typical Mourinho performance. Like, they defended well, they had their lead, there was no need for them to attack. And they tried to pick them off on the break. But to be fair to Wolves, actually, I don't even think Wolves played that great. Like, I, I still think they're a bit lost themselves. Like, um, I alluded to it earlier, but they're trying to sort of adapt and develop a new way of playing, like sort of removing themselves from the 3-5-2, which they're so used to, which the teams are afraid of, and sort of transition into a more four at the back and traditional team to help implement players like Neto and Podence and I guess to a certain extent have... Adama on the pitch at the same time as all these players because there used to be more of a case of one of them would start on the bench and then maybe bring on Adama at 70 minutes when the players are tiring but now you're seeing him start a lot more games because they're only playing before at the back I think it's going to take a long long time before it really beds in and settles in for Wolves but to their credit they're fighters and they fought to the end of the game. They got a goal from a set piece, header from Sace. And yeah, I, I mean, there's people that I can respect, but disagree with their style of football. Mourinho's one of them. Love him as a guy. <laughs> I don't like that style of football. Big Sam's another one. Like, I respect what he's done, but I don't really like the style of football. And today, Big Sam got his just rewards because he got a point. And on the same side, Mourinho got his just dessert because he got a draw, which he wouldn't have won it because that was a game they could clearly have won. Like, I thought Wolves would be there for the taking. All they need to do is show a bit more attacking intent and they didn't. They thought they could just shut up shop, take the one normal lead and it didn't work today. On probably seven out of ten days, it does. So, you know, it's just one of those days. <laughs> Again, typical me. Yep. Typical club scene. Typical beef. the Caleb legend. Indeed, boy. Well, I'm sure you know this one. Interesting fact is uh, Spurs have now dropped nine points um, with goals conceded in the last 10 minutes of games this season. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, more than any, more than any um, side this season. And another interesting fact, since the start of 2018-19, only... Uh, both, only both of us so Liverpool and United have won more points from losing positions in the league than Wolves so you've won 45 points from losing positions we've won 44 points and Wolves have won 40 yeah second half Kings Wolves indeed but hey so ladies and gentlemen that wraps up the uh, game week fixtures what a well, what a jam-packed weekend of football but hey we got through it and there's another 
well, another few days. I think I, I mentioned it the other day. There's games every day until the 4th of January, I think. So, uh, yeah, we'll try and keep on top of all the uh, important happenings. What is your top bins God of the Week? Hi. I'm going to go Ashley Barnes. I'm not going to lie. Sorry, what? I said, I'm going to go Ashley Barnes. I'm not going to lie. How? What do you mean, how? Did he score? Who are you Family, thinking, you good? Who are you thinking of? Who am I thinking of? Ashley Barnes plays for Burnley. Hold on. What's my, what's my man's name for thing then? Who? Oh, I knew I'd do this as well. <laughs> uh, hold on. What's my man's name? Don't, Don't piss me off. Bones. Harvey Barnes, thank you. <laughs> Flipping hell. Thinking, you no, knew no, what I meant, man. No, 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 no. Do you know why it's funny? Because Ashley Barnes actually had the ball in the back and net today. He missed that because that was um, a contentious VAR one because Alawiski went right through the back of um, Ben Mee and the referee mm. judged to, or that Ben Mee had fouled Alawiski, not Alawiski. Melia, that's his name. Melia. But apparently, Ben Mee, standing with his back to the goalkeeper, got ran into and somehow fouled the goalkeeper. And then Barnes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. That was a great finish, out. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so that, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, wait, am I tapped or. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's going on to midnight, and I'm tired. That's that's it. Um, no, sorry, um, Harvey oh, Barnes. You're right. Yeah. Thank you, thank you for for correcting me. No worries. So my my goal of the week is El Ghazi, like street swipe, oh, yeah. and clip the inside of the post. Love that. Yeah, yeah. Great finish. Great finish. I'm not mad at that. Right, fantasy football, talk to me. How'd your boys get on? I thought it was going to be a short week. week. Well, boy. But it sort of went the other way. Like, I did well, like 56 points. It went well in the sense of it's not the worst week, but I think I started off with Fernandez. Obviously, he did well. Then Cancelo, Walker, Peters got a couple of clean sheets. Then I thought, you know what? We're going with a chance here. If Leeds do well, had Bamford as captain. Obviously, he did well. But um, Bowen, Kane, Alisson, Robertson then let me down, which was what I was hoping on taking me over the line to like a 80, 90 point week. <laughs> Yeah, my week wasn't a wasn't great either. Thirty six points. Um, Pope, yeah, I mean it's probably easy if I just say he got me decent amounts of points. Reguilon got me six. Um, ah, because he went off just before um, he went off just before they well before they conceded, so he got me clean sheet. Lewis Dunk obviously scored, um, and to be honest, that's it. Literally everybody else just did terrible. So yeah, we'll move swiftly on from that one. I mean, we've got the deadline in like about twelve hours. So <laughs> yeah, I will be hopefully Facts. putting in someone when I wake up and decide because I have no idea at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't. I've been saying it for like the last four weeks now about Fernandez, but I'm just like, I think I might have to take Son out and put Fernandez in. You know, I'm not gonna lie. Hopefully, I can. Aff- hopefully, I can afford him with that, but we'll see. 
Um, all right, cool. Predictions League. So from this game week, you got a grand total of seven points, I think. Seven. How would you calculate seven? That, you got I, five, bro. Well, I got Leicester draw, Villa win. Yeah. City win. City. Everton win. Everton. Oh, sorry, I didn't put your City win. West Ham draw. West Ham. Oh, yeah. Oh. Liverpool will draw. Liverpool. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Six. So you got six, and I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I got eight. I got, uh, what did I get? Well, the, the most notable thing I got was the correct score Wolves Spurs. Uh, yeah, which I didn't even I didn't even clock until I was going through to make just now to to talk about it. I didn't even clock during the game. I completely forgot. I said one. All. Yeah, I, I I had that two one. I thought Spurs would sneak it, and they did try sneak it, just the wrong score line than what I was thinking. <laughs> boy, oh boy, it wasn't meant to be. But hey, you've got. <laughs> Right, you've got well tomorrow. You, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say the turnaround can come quickly, as obviously, as we know, there's games, more games tomorrow. So, what um, are we saying for the next game week? Uh, let me just pull up the fixtures, uh, Premier League fixtures, right? Boom. So, Crystal Palace, Leicester, 2 0 Leicester. I was going to say 2-0 so I'm going to say 1-0 Leicester Chelsea Aston Villa Ooh, I'm going to say 1-0 oh my gosh Ooh. <laughs> um, Everton Man City I'm going to go 1-1 again you know 2-1 uh, City Brighton Arsenal on Tuesday oh my days <laughs> 2 1 Brighton I'm going oh, you're moving mad no, I'll, I'll take over the line 2-0 Fair. Um, Burnley Sheffield United, what a dead game of football. 1 0. 1 0 Burnley, fair. I'm going 0 0. Southampton West Ham, ooh, I'm going to go. I think West Ham nick it 2 1. 1 1. West Brom leads. Boy, it's an interesting game. 2 2. No, no. time's sake. 0 0. Uh, cool Man United Wolves 2-0 to us at home 1-0 Wolves <laughs> uh, and then Wednesday uh, Spurs Fulham I'm going to go 3-0 Spurs boy that's mad um, 1-0 Fulham <laughs> and Newcastle Liverpool I'm going to go 2-0 to you boys yeah 3-0 Liverpool Come. Yeah. Yeah. Was about to say something else. I was going to change it, but now I'll go with that. Fair. Um. Cool. Listeners' questions. What do we have this week? So this week we've got one from a new guest, which is TG. He says, "I want to start by saying, love the podcast." The band of the team is hilarious. My question is to you. Uh, my question to you both is: As you approach the end of the year, in your opinion, what two managers this season have overperformed their expectations, and what two managers have underperformed their expectations? So, I guess one from you, one from me on each. So, overperform. 
uh, overperform so far, I'm going to say um, Dean Smith. Yeah, not mad at that. Um, Just from a perspective of if you look at, I, I was thinking Carlo Ancelotti, but then when you think about that, the players that he brought in, and obviously the type of manager he is, I wouldn't necessarily say Everton are overperforming. Okay, no one would probably expect it to be sitting in second right now, but. I think wait is it, is it two of each sorry two overperforming two underperforming so I'm, I'm saying we do one each so then we get two and two okay yeah fine yeah yeah I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with because of the actually it's, it's, it's actually a really tough one because of the word overperform like I don't want to say Leicester have overperformed because we can feasibly see this happening for them, if that makes sense. Mm. But I think for them to be sitting third and some of the results they've gotten, especially the City one, which was a big shock, I want to say mm-hmm. Rogers has slightly overperformed expectations. Fair. Other end of the scale for me, I'm gonna get it in there. Arteta, <laughs> my guy. Actually, you know what? You know what? You know what? No, that's a lie. That's a lie. No, I take it. No, 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 you take it. You take it. No, you take it. You said it, but I don't want to say it. Now. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. I take Arteta. Arteta, <laughs> blood on your hands. I picked Aubameyang in my fantasy team, so you have blood on your hands. <laughs> yeah, it's all mad. Um, I'm looking no further than Chris Wilder. Chris Wilder, we need to have a serious conversation as to what's going on over there, mate, because no wins this season is mad. That is mad. <laughs> hey, hey, honorable shout as well. You're not getting away with it. Steve Bruce. That, that, my eyes on you. My eyes on you. I mean. Nah, I think Steve Reese is a bit harsh, but I mean, fair. Um, all right, cool. That's it. So I hope, what was the guy's name again? TG. Well, TG, I hope that answers your question. Um, so overperforming, we've said Dean Smith and um, Brendan Rogers, and underperforming, obviously, Mikel Arteta and yeah, Chris Wilder, considering what Sheffield United did last season, even though they told off a bit towards the end where they finished and general overall performance over the season to where they are now 15 games in two points it's a it's some limousine um cool spainy trivia i got a uh, got one for you this is an interesting one when i found this out which player has scored the most opening goals in a game in a Premier League game this season? Um, so judging by the fact you're asking, it's someone who scored this weekend. I'm thinking now, it may be Patrick Manford. That's incorrect, unfortunately. I am going to politely give up. 
Alexandre Lacazette. Interesting. Exactly. When, when I found this out, I was like, bro, okay. <laughs> yeah, he did get the yeah. first one of the season as well. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Fair I, th- I think it's mad. When you consider all things, what, Arsenal's performances, the fact that they've barely been scoring any goals recently, the fact that Lacazette, well, he definitely hasn't been playing a lot recently as well for him to be that name I thought that was a bit mad but hey I mean boom what can you do join the discussion what do we have for them so for join discussion this week who is the best French player to ever grace the Premier League I mean Paul Pogba obviously <laughs> no, I'm guessing I, I, I'll have to be complete, bro. If anybody said anything other than Thierry Henry, I'd be surprised. But then, well, I guess I guess the older generation might say someone like Eric Cantona or Vieira. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm going, I'm, I'm going Henry. I'm going Henry. It's, 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 it's an interesting one because it depends on what you actually want from your player. Because objectively speaking, goals wise, Henry is clear. But if you Armin Schroeder, for example, you might just appreciate the style of player of Vieira more than anything. Or if you're United, hardcore red, Cantona might just be your guy. But um, yeah, I think for me as well, I'd probably say Henri. Yeah. Yeah, no, Henri was just too gracious with him and he was too hey, classy with it. Come on, like, don't get me wrong, Vieira, I absolutely loved. I used to love Vieira, don't get me wrong. Um, but when when it's all said and done, I think you, you, you can't look any further than Henri, in my opinion. Enough to see, as you know, being a Reds. But don't get like, Cantona wasn't really my era, do you get what I mean? It wasn't, he wasn't really my. I'm not, I'll be lying if I said I grew up watching Cantona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you get what I mean? So, yeah, I can't really sit here begging it like that. I just know of him to be a, a United legend, a great player, or whatever. But I didn't sit him. I didn't sit there watching him every week. I watched Henri Vieira, Perez. Obviously, that whole French gang that they had over at Arsenal them times. Um, and obviously, you've seen That's numerous French players yeah. come in and. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Arsene Wenger, he was doing, he's doing what um, Nuno's doing at Wolves now with Portugal. Um, but yeah, nah, nah, Henri for me. Um, cool. People, let us know. Uh, let us know who you think the best French player to grace the uh, Premier League has been. Um, I promise I won't actually try and get visuals out this week. I know I've been slacking on that. It's just been... Bro, let me not lie to you. With, with, the, with my hard drive being out, it's been a mazine. But hey... Nonetheless, we move. That is all we got time for. But before you take us away into what the people should do, let me actually shout out one of our guests, co-hosts, if you like, whose birthday is tomorrow on the day that people will be listening to this. FG, I'm speaking to you, my brother. Happy birthday. By the time you're hearing this, you will, it will be your birthday. So happy birthday. I hope you have a blessed one. It's about how all of our birthdays are literally a week, a week, a week apart. But yeah, happy birthday, FG. Hope you have a good one. Finally turning 16. Oh my God, <laughs> wherever the year's gone now. <laughs> wherever the year's gone. It's mad young buck. It's a, it's a pity you're still under six foot. But hey, you'll get there, man. You'll grow. You'll get your growth at some point. Bro, bro. <laughs> you know, man, FG, my guy. Happy birthday. But the people out there, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Google Podcasts and anywhere you listen to your podcast. And make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Top Bins Pod. That's T H E T O P B A N S P O D. And make sure if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, you give us a five star rating and also leave us a review. Write a review because it helps us shoot up the rankings, whether good or bad, and it helps get the content out there so more people can appreciate us here at the Top Bins Pod. In Indeed. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as always, it's been another week. We'll be we'll speak again next week. Until then, keep it top bins. Enjoy the football that's on over the next seven days or so. And we'll catch up again soon, man. I've been your host, Bainey, joined by my co-host. Uncle Tass. This has been the Top Bins. Peace. Say no to Brexit. <laughs> Actually cancel that. <laughs> Bye. Actually, oh, no. Bye. <laughs> no, you know. Yeah, yeah.